millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily, featuring some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, Harry Redknapp joined us. He chat about his form. new book. He's written about um, his great love affair, the love of his life, Sandra, of course, yes. made infamous by Darren Bent's header against Pompey. <laughs> yes. Uh, something we touched on, of course. Um, we also spoke to uh, the inspiring Dave Walsh, the world's strongest man with a disability. He, he's gone and won the yeah, world championship. Nice story. In, um, Canada had quite the story for us. That was good to chat to him. We had a good chat about last night and we various did. other matters. We, yeah. g- we strayed in some interesting areas. Um, you got involved, so here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. <laughs> through the ring. Andy. <laughs> through the... Bob and our brother, old mate Bob and our brother, contacted me straight after the game and I said, talk about put you through the ring. But every game has been like that. This season, it, it was, was just, a classic Champions I mean, League. If you had no skin in it, I'm sure six. it absolutely it was. was. But you know, Spurs went from second, from third to second to top. Yeah, Sporting went from top to to bottom. As it stands, if you've got skin in the game, as it stands, and a table constantly mm. popping up on a screen is not good for your health. It's not. Uh, but I didn't think when Marseille started, I, I, I don't think they were all that really. Spurs had encouraged them to come into the game. Oh, so. this is the... This, we're, we're, Terry Gibson's going to join us. We're going to mm. talk a bit about Simeone Atletico because they, they've not even qualified for the uh, Europa League and he's under a bit of pressure. But he is an ex-Tottenham striker and a fan of the club. And I just don't... I mean, I don't believe the management say, OK, boys, first half, go out there, sit deep, uh, be sloppy in possession... Um, embolden the. Uh, <laughs> you should give them the, oranges before yeah. the match starts to make out it's half time. Yeah. Embolden <laughs> the opposition, get their crowd up for it, be generally lame, ideally go a goal behind and then come out second half, yeah, you know, move enough. about 20 yards further up the pitch and look like a different side. I mean, no manager would. It's like springtime for Hitler. <laughs> no manager would ever do that. It's the ridiculous. Goal, the goal was mad. They got caught in a great header from Mbemba. And uh, yeah. I always grow a moustache at this time of year for his charity. Oh, do you really? Yeah, it's great. I always thought it would have been good if he, if he, if he joined um, AFC Wimbledon. You know, Mbembe or a Womble. They could all sing that. Tune, could they? Yeah. I'm not sure they could afford his wages. Really, so, I was in full birthday spread mode last night. I don't know why. All right, okay. uh, Roger was playing for Marseille. Yeah, I thought he was quite decent. If only I could find a source where I could get another word to describe him. Don't you remember Leo? <laughs> Leo Roger, the player that used to... Wasn't yeah. there a player that used to play? Yeah, probably. We used to talk about him and said, what sort of game did he have this week? Good, fantastic, brilliant, <laughs> yeah. superb, sensational. Yeah, exactly. That's it, yeah, yeah. And when Harry Kane went down after Son had got injured, he got, it wasn't too bad, but it looked bad at first. I thought, blimey, Spurs are really down to the bit. They're going to have to bring 
on Clive Allen. Yeah. <laughs> really quite. The wild geese. Terry Gibson getting stripped on the sideline. That's right. He got kneed in the head. There was there was one little needle mer- yeah. merchant, wasn't it, in the Marseille team? I can't remember his name, but he was um, he looked quite an- angelic. But he left a bit on a couple of players <laughs> really? just afterwards. It's, it's always the ones that look a bit angelic. You know, it wasn't their favourite cab driver, was it? Vertu. No. Or, or to <laughs> yeah. give him his full name, Vertu Gov. Vertu Gov. That's right. <laughs> question mark. Um, now, last night, something we're going to get the listeners involved with. We are going to talk a bit more about uh, Tottenham's fairly bizarre uh, games of two halves with Terry in a moment. But. Um, there was a few things talked about uh, Conte mm. not being uh, in the dressing room. And my wife, she, she follows football, she's not a massive fan of it. So she kept hearing in interviews, um, will he be in a basket in the dressing room? Yeah. And she said to me, why do they keep asking sort of Hoybier <laughs> and Tottenham players that? And I said, well, let me... She was not aware of the Jose no, Mourinho well, story. It's not surprising. When Jose had a, a, a touchline ban after he kicked off, after, after to be fair, one of the worst refereeing performances in history, yeah. uh, and got a two-game ban. So uh, he hid in the basket. He got there early, and uh, the UEFA guys were going to come in. They couldn't find out where he was. So the kit man hid him in the kind of kit coffin, put him in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said they had to leave it open slightly because he couldn't breathe. <laughs> but when UEFA were really looking to find out where he was and thought, he might be hiding somewhere. Mm. They they had to close the box, and Jose has subsequently said he was very claustrophobic and in quite a bad way until yeah. they finally let him out. So she couldn't quite believe that a, a manager of his uh, no, but, of his uh, stature uh, would hide in a basket before a game. But last night, Conte. I mean, you do wonder what's the point of these fans because he's t- he's telling the bloke. The bloke's trying to cover up his phone. He's got it like down below. But Conte's clearly oh, no. telling him what to do. No, he is, allowed- and he's texting the thing. So he, what's the problem? He was allowed. He was allowed to directly communicate with the bench. That was a. That he was might a, as well be on no, the bench. Well, then. exactly. Conte wasn't. But his, his, his team were, so they could still... So he could say, take him off, put him on. Oh, no, he's pe- clearly doing that. I repeat. I, I repeat every performance. <laughs> he's got to say, every I week. repeat. He's got that on predictive that text. On <laughs> I repeat. Yeah, he does, he does like to... No need to repeat, we got you the first time. Um, so the reason I bring that up about Jose Mourinho, and uh, I mean, really, rarely as an adult do you ever have reason to hide, do you? You did it as a kid because you played hide. That's true, yeah. But I'm interested to know from the TalkSport listeners, when did you last have reason to hide and in what circumstances? Mm, we may turn up. So I mean, because it's, yeah. it's a kind of childish pursuit, really, isn't it? You don't, you don't as an adult, you don't sort of, you don't put a lot of hide and seek at work. Sometimes people, you pretend to be out if people come round. Yeah. <laughs> Not well, you, me, you know. You do, Mr. Sociable. I can believe that. Lights Quick, out. Stay down. Stay down. It's the rent man. <laughs> Um, hiding. Mm. Had to hide behind a mannequin last week when I saw my ex-wife in a shop. Oh dear. Says says anonymous in <laughs> Sweden. Would be really. You're not, yeah. You're not got any braver anonymous, have you? <laughs> Lucky escape, he said. <laughs> so uh, yeah, if you thought you caught sight of your ex-husband in a shop in Swindon the other day, <laughs> yeah, it was him. He was, was hiding yeah. behind that mannequin. So do let us know. Talksport.com forward slash H and J. Text eight ten eighty nine or tweet to TSH and J. Terry Gibson does uh, join us very shortly. Former Manchester United Spurs. Wimbledon Coventry frontman Spanish football expert to talk Tottenham and a bit of Simeone as well Um, later on in the show uh, we'll be talking Chelsea uh, because we bring you that tonight's uh, game against uh, Dinamo Zagreb Mm. at the bridge as well as Juve versus PSG uh, over on Talk Sport 2 but uh, interesting Graham Potter 
saying uh, at a club this size, you yeah. are never more than 90 minutes from a crisis. And, you know, it is a step up, isn't it? It's so much more yeah, pressure on you as a coach. Is, yeah. And as players, players, you made the point the other day, Cucurella's found it hard to adjust. Basuma's found it quite difficult to mm. adjust. It's different. Yeah. It's, it's just different when you play at that level. The expectation is higher. Yeah. But it could be a chance tonight. Uh, David Attenborough said this to observe the lesser-spotted Zachariah. Oh, yeah. A very <laughs> rare creature. That, that would be How very... bad must he be? Blimey. That, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm-mm. That would be yeah, the, the lesser spotted Zachariah. You said they can't play him because then they can't. Well, they can play him, but if they do play him, they can't send him. They can only send him back to Juve if they, Juve want him. Otherwise, they're stuck with him for the season because then he'll have played for two teams. It's always nice as a player to know that someone's stuck with you for the season. <laughs> well, he's obviously not that great. Anyway, I still think he might yeah. be one of those that's not great in training. He might be brilliant in the match. There are players okay. like that. The trouble is, if you're not great in training, you tend not to get picked. <laughs> What's what a manager says? I've been stinking the place out. You've been wearing that yellow bib, driving that reliant robin for a month. But I'm going to stick you in today against Arsenal. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon. It's uh, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talksport. I'm just seeing a bit of footage coming through that um, Scotland will play England at Hampden Park next year in a nil-nil draw. Marvellous. <laughs> We're getting in early, really. Well, in a right. hard-fought nil-nil draw where both there, teams there cancel going, each other there's out. There's not much going on next summer, is there? So it might be quite fun. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring back the home international then. Oh, yes. Remember those? Oh, of course I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Nice. Anyway, we did ask you today, uh, when do you have reason to hide? Um, we, it was memories of Jose hiding in the uh, the kit basket, of course, as Conte was... Uh, well, certainly um, Pierre-Emile Hoybier was asked whether Conte was going to do the same thing, and he said, I doubt it very much. But as an adult, you rarely get the opportunity to hide, but you've been telling us your stories. You so say they are a bit festhole at times. Um, every now and again, I book days off work without telling my wife so I can go and play golf. I was about to tee off one day. I'm in walk my wife with her friends for lunch in, in the clubhouse. I dived under a buggy and had to start the round on hole three. That's so there ridiculous. we are, just some of the reasons why. Like an old sitcom, isn't it? Terry and June. When I was 17, I bunked off college. My dad came home to pick something up, so I hid in the airing cupboard. When he left, I went to come out, and the handle came off in my hand. I was stuck there for six hours. Oh, no. Oh, dear me. Um, and His clothes were nicely ahead. <clears throat> I'm sure they were. He's a bit warm. My my wife once hid from her uncle in boots behind a display because she was hung over and couldn't be bothered talking to her. And then uh, my auntie came round mm. the other corner and said, "What are you doing?" So there we are. That's uh, James. Excuse me, <clears throat> James and Abingdon. So do keep them coming. The reasons why you had cause to hide as an adult or whatever. Now, the referee, the uh, Graham Butter, are going to be selling, we talked about this before, they're going to be selling the Maradona ball. Yeah, the hand Gary of Gary was on yeah. this show saying he's not happy about it. But the referee's been speaking about it. He's brilliant. He's got a fantastic self-awareness, this fellow. And he says, uh, obviously the camera showed it was handball, but again, it was not my fault. Oh, no. Well, no, you are just, the referee, you're mate. Just, you're just the ultimate <laughs> arbiter of a game of football, mate. Yeah, yeah that's right. He goes, and he's defending the fact that he's selling the ball. He said, um, <clears throat> the money is a reward for my career. Oh, yeah, what career? Making the worst decision in the history of the World Cup. Officially voted this week as the worst decision in <laughs> World Cup history. Well done, mate. Diego Maradona's hand of God. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's Mr. Self-Awareness, him, isn't he? <laughs> he certainly is. Uh, talking of terrible... What's his name, Andy? Ooh. Just remind us of the referee's name. That's good. It's a good trip. Question. Tunisian Ali bin Nasser, 78. Ali getting the bin Nasser. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Dear me. Um, talking of terrible, I don't know if you've seen the 
the presenters' jackets in the T20, they're kind of a sky blue lin- linen. Oh, yeah. Whoever supplied the fabric was really delighted to get it off their hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on. They want it for the World Cup presenters. Fantastic. Great. Remember, go and get those rolls out. <laughs> they're coming in to choose the colours. Get those massive rolls out of the sky blue linen. See if we can, you know, uh, see if we can shift it. I don't know why we were talking about it, but we were talking about uh, the thing of Kevin Keegan on Disney Club all those years ago yes. with Winnie the Pooh when he's giving Winnie uh, instructions on yeah. how to head the ball. He was basically, they were, they were life-size, they were Disney, there were people in Disney outfits. Sort of thing you see at Disneyland. Yeah, sort of thing. So people in those outfits, the people who walk around Disneyland are waving at, at the kids and yeah. stuff. But he was giving them a football lesson. And so he was like uh, doing sort of with uh, Goofy, trying mm. to sort of bend free kicks into the top corner. <laughs> I may be embellishing that. But certainly, <laughs> Lightly, at, yeah. certainly, at, one, certainly at one point... <laughs> Certainly at one point, he is giving heading practice to Winnie the Pooh. And, of course, Winnie the Pooh has got a massive honeypot uh, honey on his, his head. head yeah. So he throws the ball to Winnie, and Winnie heads it, and he says... Head the ball down, head Winnie. down, Winnie. It's like it's really serious. Like, I was thinking, Kalasan, actually, I was like, he must be a big fan of Kevin <laughs> Keegan on Disney Club. Yeah. He, the way he headed it, I think his head is shaped like Winnie's honeypot. That's right. I mean, it was, it was a terrible it, header. Wasn't well, it? I mean, it depends how you look at it. I thought it was a sensational <laughs> header, but I was waiting for the net to ripple. I thought there was not a way you could possibly miss that. There was one person who yeah. tweeted about it, and we will bring that up with Harry Redknapp when he joins oh, us. Oh, yeah, we must do. In the next hour of the show, certainly as he's talking about his wife as well. Now, the Vardy's, Rebecca and Jamie Vardy's new children's book, according to the Star, has been branded a waste of money and drivel by parents. And it's oh, wow. called Cedric... Oh, wait, the... So it's, it's been branded a waste of drivel. <laughs> waste of money and drivel. <laughs> I was say, for a bad boy, how bad has a book got to... I thought I went a bit Brian Badonde then. How bad has a book got to be before it's a waste of drivel? One said Cedric the Little Sloth with a big dream, saying, uh, don't waste your money or your children's time on this. I don't agree. I've read the book, actually. Is it a good read? It's very good. I mean, the bit where Cedric, the little sloth, sues the other sloth for libel and oh, loses, yeah. that's tremendous. That's right. There's a, there's a really sad passage, isn't there, where Cedric, the sloth, drops his mobile phone in the sea. That was, I had a bit of a lump in me. Oh, no, it was very moving. That was an incredib- incredibly, incredibly moving sad. moment. No but, question. But uh, I'll certainly be reading. <laughs> now, I know you like these lifestyle things. There's a new <laughs> restaurant in Mayfair oh, yeah. that sells uh, tinned fish. <laughs> I've never heard anything like this. this tinned fish? Yeah. Think of cans of fish as a cheap staple, not at this Mayfair restaurant. Oh, yeah. This is Robert Crampton <clears throat> in The Times today, <clears throat> and he went to this restaurant, and you can have a tin of tuna, yeah. which you normally can buy quite cheaply, and, but this one, it's £31 a can. Wow. It is a Lomo Blanco Prime Bonito. Oh, what a player what a he was. We'll ask Harry, because I know Kev went and had a look at him. <laughs> Kev went and watched him, but we Honestly. weren't sure. We couldn't We couldn't get him a work permit. If you go to a restaurant and open tins of fish and eat it, you, there's something wrong with you, really. <laughs> Just get, please, please don't go. Do you get a chance to, um, what are you, Casey and the Sunshine, man? <laughs> do, do you get a or chance to... If you do to, go, bring your own tin opener. Do you, yeah, do you get a chance to open it yourself? If I'm paying 31 quid, I want to open my own yeah, tin you want of tuna. somebody else to open it for you. Yeah. yeah. Do they do anything else? They've got, like, the one with the key. Yeah. You get they've you do your all own got pilchards. That. Yeah, pilchards. It's all, it's all that. It's tinned, tinned fish, basically. Oh, wow. That's that sounds great, like a it? decent business, Andy. <laughs> Marvellous. Money for jam. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell tremendous. you what, sometimes you look at fixtures and they just... If you're of a certain age, they just throw yeah. you out of whack. 
It's like last night in League One, we had Morecambe one, Derby one, and I'm just thinking, well, when's the replay going to be at the baseball ground? <laughs> it's true. It'll be it'll be like next week. But it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't sound doesn't right. Sound no, I know like what you mean. With respect to our good friends at Morecambe, it wasn't that long ago that Wiggy Threlfall was on Football Focus, <laughs> cousin of Eric Morecambe, talking about Morecambe being in the FA Cup third it? round. I mean, yeah, no, and there they are, an established League One side, which is great for them. It's a good name, not, Wiggy, isn't it? Not quite so good. <laughs> not quite so good for uh, Derby, of course, but it does sound like a cup match, doesn't it? Very and uh, we get a lot of these on on uh, in the tabloid newspapers. Uh, Artist Jeff Jordan from New York thought he'd spotted mm. uh, the face of Jesus in a plate of chicken tikka masala. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's yeah. usually a pizza or it's something else or like mm. that. And it, it always, to me, they always look like Joe Wicks. Yeah. <laughs> there might be a reason for that. But I thought it looked more like Joe Wicks than the Son of God myself. There's quite there a lot. There's a real sitcom feel, Andy, at some of these. When did you have a reason to hide? Um, when I was in my first year at uni, I'm 33 now, I was seeing a girl in my student halls. Her dad unexpectedly turned up at Mr. Olrenshaw. <laughs> there wasn't that. Um, and they turned up at the front. I had to hide in the wardrobe until she could get him into the kitchen for a cuppa and I could oh, make my escape. Bad. Yeah, so your reasons to hide as an adult. And this is somebody who was, uh, yeah, I helped a security expert mm. friend of mine out at the British Museum. My job was to hide in the museum and not be found by him or his team. What about that? In the cupboard for 30 minutes before showing myself after the museum is this was closed. In, in case people lock themselves in yeah. overnight. I suppose then, it was just you know, a test for security yeah. staff. So, but hide, I mean, wow. if you're hiding in a cupboard, that's the first place I'd... Uh, well, you'd say it would be, really. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby and Andy Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sport. We are looking for reasons why, as an adult, you had reason 
to hide. Um, this is from uh, Amy, the Manchester United fan. How are we? She says, yeah, we're not too bad, thanks, Amy. Um, the last week... Yes, this last weekend was the last time I tried to hide. We decided to do a horror escape room. Long story short, I tried to run and hide behind my friends, throwing them in the way, uh, when one of the actors came banging through the door. It was terrifying. So I stayed in the room, unlike one of the lads that <laughs> ran out through the fire exit. Oh, they had the old run of shame. Thank you, Amy, for that. Uh, this is an uplifting tale. It is of uh, David Walsh, who uh, went to Canada to represent Great Britain and beat all comers, the world's strongest man with a disability, and we'd delight to say he joins us now. Um, good afternoon, David. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, hey, well, look, con congratulations, congratulations. Uh, to you. Oh, thanks, thanks. It was a... Uh... A tough journey, but we got there. Yes. So t tell us, tell us your story because you'd taken part in able-bodied strongman contests, but that you were unable to keep doing that. Tell us why. Yes. Yeah, so, um, like you said, I was competing at a good level of able-bodied strongman, um, but in 2014, um, I started to go numb in my in my body, not not knowing what it was. Um, so obviously, when it got checked out and stuff. Uh, and quite quickly it came back that I had multiple sclerosis. Wow, that's difficult. And uh, But you took up weightlifting. No, no, you must have been doing it before because you were doing, you were in strongman competition. So you found weightlifting helped you though. Um, yeah, so it, it took a while to get back into weightlifting. Um, I kind of didn't overly know about the disabled side of, of the sport and I kind of, I was so down on myself that I was kind of judging myself more for what I, I couldn't do rather than what I could do. Um, so it wasn't until I started to look at what I can do as a as a human and as a, a weightlifter that I kind of started to thrive in the gym and get back to the gym and um, look at competing again. Did you do that? I mean, did anybody sort of encourage you to go back to the gym or was that something that you kind of you did yourself? Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it was kind of uh, my wife. So I got I got into quite a depressive state when I when I wasn't uh, training, and she was kind of like, you know, you've you've got nothing for yourself anymore. So you need to go back and 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 do it. You you enjoyed it before. Why wouldn't you enjoy it again? So yeah, the wife has always got the right answers. <laughs> I'm looking at some pictures, Dave, of of you in action, and obviously that you know you're in seated position. The lifts are different, but I mean, I'm looking at the amount of weight you've got. Yeah, on that. a lot. So that, that period of adaptation because. You'd be working some of the same muscles as you did when you were, you know, standing and doing able-bodied strongman contests, but there, there were differences, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, massive differences. So the the main thing for me is I can't really use my legs anymore, so I'm in a, a wheelchair full time, so it's kind of uh, adapting to try and get the same the same kind of overall feeling that I was getting before now. And uh, I, I kind of do that in, in, in a way of, you know, either lifting heavy weight. And I think that picture you might be looking at is a, a world record that I set wow. a few months ago at 646 kilos, um, which is quite, quite heavy. Um, so yeah, just kind of to keep the same momentum going, I guess. What about the other competitors in the uh, competition? Were I mean, because, yeah, that's a yeah. good point, because in disability sport, you know, classifications are always quite difficult. We see it in the Paralympics. I mean, do you have any sort of complications around that, Dave? Um, so it's a bit simpler than the Paralympics. Mm. We've got kind of, essentially, there's a, a standing category and a sitting category, um, but then each category is split up into two, di uh, two different subcategory so in the seated category that i compete in we've got mm. uh class one and class two so class one is for more of the kind of 
the disabilities that you can kind of have a better range of movement with um and then the class two is one uh, is for athletes who kind of might struggle a, a little bit more to get lockouts and a bit more to to work certain parts of their body um and it's it's kind of done uh so there's no kind of classification body but um we we kind of all feel it's done f- as fairly as possible uh, at the moment and there's even for for the standing category there's even a category for athletes with one arm which is pretty incredible to see oh, it's amazing how do you fund this is there is there a grant or something like that no it's fully oh. fully self-funded um so to get to canada to to win the worlds this year um uh, one of my my friends Annie, she set up a, a GoFundMe page for me, oh, and right. people were really generous. And you know, I was getting people from all over the world chipping, so it's pretty it's pretty overwhelming. But it's something that there there should be a a fund for for the sport because you know we're world class athletes at the end of the day. Mm. And you said and you we, you were struggling sort of with depression. I'm sure that you know going back to the gym and getting that endorphin rush and and uh, you know concentrating on something like this competitively is uh, have, have you overcome that? Um, so not, not fully, but I feel that I can, um, I can kind of be, I, I've, I've created myself to be a, maybe a bit of an alter ego when it comes to weightlifting mm. and I, I can kind of live on that. And, um, you know, are we ever fully away from kind of dark times, but they kind of make us what we are, I believe. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate those times I've had and now I can kind of look back and, and see that the gym has changed me for the better. And, um, I, even my, my family could probably say that as well. Yeah. And upper body strength is, is probably useful, isn't it? For someone in a wheelchair. It is. I mean, everyone asks me to move something, but they they kind of get they they kind of get stuck when I I can pick it up, but I can't move because my hands are full. Then so they have to push true. me. Yeah, yeah. It's a good <laughs> point. I, was, I was reading a piece about you a while back, and coming up at that time was the Arnolds, Schwarzenegger and Stallone were going to attend this event in Birmingham. Did did you go to that, and did you meet them? Yeah, so I, I went to that event, and I actually won the Arnolds wow. disabled category, um, but unfortunately, we they. They didn't turn up this year. Um, oh, yeah. To, yeah, but um, kind of the the other the big guys of the sport did so. Like we saw Ronnie Coleman and Eddie Hall came along oh, to yeah. have a little look. So you know, yeah, we 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 definitely had a it's, it's a great great event to go to, and it's a great event to to be part of and to win it was you know the icing of the on the cake for the for the year of me. It's not great Arnold doesn't turn up at the Arnold, is it, really? Oh, yeah. All the things Arnold's <laughs> going to turn up. You'd say the Arnold's is, you think he might is one of the key events, you would <laughs> well, say. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't been there for the last two years. So, uh, <laughs> I think he has to change, change the name. It, change the name. <laughs> His slogan of I'll be back isn't really working. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back in four years' time, in brackets. <laughs> I'll be back at some point. Yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't hold your breath. It doesn't have quite the impact, does it? So, Dave, what's next for you, then, uh, competition-wise? Uh, competition-wise, is is waiting for next year. Really, is waiting for the world's next year. There's there's not really uh, been put a place on where it might be. It, it's either going to be in London or somewhere in Scandinavia. Um, if it's in London, we're going to try and get a, a good crowd out and to 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 do something great for it. Um, but for for me, the next big thing is um, I'm working on the setting a, a world record in in truck pulling uh, from from my wheelchair. Wow! Um, so yeah, I've, um, I'm wow. working on to to get a seventeen ton lorry. Um, I've, I've had it approved by Guinness and stuff, and just kind of working on a venue and a, a date to kind of suit to try and make it a good a good spectacle, I guess. Well, look, we wish you well. Uh, good to talk to you. Congratulations again on the uh, world title. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks for joining us.
Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. There we are. Uh, Great Britain's David Walsh, there, the winner of the world's strongest disabled man. He Para strongest man probably worked quite well for something like Channel 4. Yeah, probably would, wouldn't it? Absolutely mm. would do. So, um, but well done to him. But come on, Arnold, pull your finger out, is what we're saying. <laughs> for goodness sake. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby. Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Harry and Sandra Redknapp, his wife, of course, 50 mm. years have uh, written uh, a book. Uh, when Harry I think it's even longer, isn't it? Well, I think, was it a half century? Look, Harry will tell us. Uh, it's uh, raising money for charities close to their hearts. Uh, when Harry met Sandra, our love story. I'd delight to say Harry joins us now. Good afternoon, H. Hi, lads. How are you doing? Yes, good, we're thanks. good, thank you. Well, it's a lo- there's good, a lovely good. book, and we read a lovely piece in the yeah, the Sunday Times, Sunday Times uh, telling, telling your story. And it, we were talking to yeah. Ian Holloway the other day. He's been chatting about his book and talking about the pressures that, that the football management and football generally puts on a relationship. So it's incredible you've, you've stood the test of time, the pair of you. Yeah, we're actually fit. We've been married 54 years. Wow. Uh, but last year, we actually, it's a true story, we went out, just the two of us, and uh, they bought, someone had told the people in the little restaurant we went to, it was, it was our anniversary, and they'd said it was, and we thought it was 55 years, we genuinely thought it was 55, <laughs> and the cake came up with 55 on it, and then we, about a half hour later, we sat there working it out, and it was 54 years, <laughs> but we still ate the cake anyway. Okay, it's still an incredible... But, uh, no, we're 54 years, and we're actually going out together for nearly four years before that. Wow. So we seem to have been together forever, thank God. Yeah. They say romance starts in, in mysterious circumstances. You met in the two puddings in Stratford, a pub. <laughs> two puddings, yeah. Amazing. Any old EastEnders listening would remember the two yeah. puddings. It was, a, you know, it was a pub in Stratford. They used to have a little disco on a Sunday night upstairs, you know, playing the Motown music of the 60s, and a little dance. Kids would go up there and, was, you know, the the girls would dance around their handbags and I was a young player at West Ham, so just 17 and just went there with a mate of mine and we had a dance with two girls and Sandra and a mate and that was that was it, really. Off we went, never, never been apart since. Yeah, uh, you're definitely soulmates, you could tell from the piece and you talk a lot about humour and that is a big part, isn't it, of any relationship, keeping a relationship fun and fresh. Well, I have to have something to put, to put into the partnership. I mean, that is what she, yeah. I mean, she thinks I'm funny. I find that's about, that's a, my biggest strength, I think. So, uh, yeah, no, we just get on great, lads. You know, it's just, uh, I, I couldn't tell you. She's my life, and I, I, I'm not a silly softie, but that is that is a fact, you know, and I'm not ashamed of that. It, it's um, as we were saying. Ollie was saying it's hard not to take the job home. Have you found that over the years? Yeah. Ollie was saying, you know, your your wife's yeah. talking to you, your kids are right. talking to you, and all you're thinking about is the striker who missed the goal. Who are you going to pick at centre half on Saturday? I think well, Ollie's had a great marriage as well, but yeah. I think Ollie's missed his big football fan. Yeah, I'm not sure. Someone told me she used to go to all the games, and whereas my wife never never went to football, never came to the games. <laughs> Really, so and I, I love that. You know, I, I'd come home on a Saturday night, and you know, if even if I was on the floor very low, you know, I didn't have her say, well, "Why did you do that? What was the t- why was your team was rubbish today, or you was rubbish?" We used to come home. I'd we'd go out and have a that we'd chat and have a bit of pasta or a glass of wine, 
Um, and that was it, really. So she didn't bombard me with the football, which was I found it the best way to be. Yeah. It suited me for playing. Sure. All marriages have ups and downs and, of course, oh, and adversity. You know, there's no question about that. And you've had, you've had your fair share of it. But uh, the bit in the piece on Sunday when you talk about running Sandra over and how she reacted to it compared to how you oh, reacted to it. Unbelievable, lads. I mean, I you know I'd park my car up. She's going across the road into the into the TV shop across the road, and uh, and I thought, oh, I've taken two parking spaces. Yeah, I better pull forward a bit. She's gone round the. I thought she'd crossed the road. She'd gone round the back of the car. Couldn't get across and backed up against my back door. And I didn't look. I'm not. You know, if I'm pulling out, I look at me wing mirrors, obviously, and make sure. But I was only pulling forward about two yards. So I thought. And suddenly, oh my God, I, I sliced her ankle. It was like putting it in a bacon slicer. I mean, I sliced it in half and it was horrendous, you know. So, yeah, but she still didn't blame me, you know, and that's, that's how she is. She, you couldn't have a row with my missus if you tried, I swear. She's so classic, you know. That's right. She said she felt guilty for getting in the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I certainly felt guilty that day. But, yeah. yeah. If she recovered that one. It's interesting also to hear you talk about because you know you're a very well known football manager and very successful at big clubs, but your fame levels went up after doing I'm a Celebrity, and that was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah it was crazy, lads. You know, I, I, I'd never watched the show and really didn't know anything about it. And when I got asked to do it, you know, it, it made me a good offer and everything. So I thought, yeah, I'll do it. So I just said, you've got to watch it. You've never seen it. You don't know what you're doing. You know, you won't get any food in there. <laughs> I went, and I genuinely, I said, listen, it's a TV program. And it, it, they'll have a caravan out the back. And, they'll, you know, you'll come back, have a go off, have a, have a nice cup of tea and a bacon egg sandwich or whatever. Come back and on set. And you don't have to make out you had no food. I said, it's only a tea. She said, I don't think it works like that. You know, and she was right. There was no food. But, <laughs> so, yeah, it was food. We'd never, I'd never seen the show. And so it was a, it was a bit of a shock. And I, I thought you went in and one day after the first day, the voting started and you someone came out. I thought, well, I'll go in. I'll be one of the first out. We can have holiday in Australia. But uh, <laughs> I ended up staying the full course. And so, and the day you come out, you go back to the hotel at 12 o'clock next day, you're, they want, you're thrown out the hotel. Actually, you know, you have to be out of the room, out the hotel. <laughs> you're on your way much. home. If your flight tickets, off you go. Thanks very much. Wow. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> we got Matt Hancock, of course, a former yeah. government minister going yeah. in there. He's going to be very popular, isn't he? Any, People any, aren't going to vote for him to do oh every trial. Yeah. <laughs> every trial. He'll be, yeah, they'll have him in there with the rats and all sorts. Yeah. <laughs> He'll definitely cop it big time. Yeah, yeah, but he's not yeah. doing it for the money, apparently. No, of course not. Now, course the, not. the um, no. I don't know if you saw the, I don't know if you saw the Tottenham game last night. He's just a former yeah. Spurs manager. I mean, yes. as a as a tactic, not turning up for the first half, but turning up for the second, <laughs> is quite high risk, isn't it? It is. Well, I went to the game Saturday at Bournemouth. Mm. You know, I, I go every week and watch Bournemouth play. Bournemouth played fantastic first half. I they were two up. Really should have been, could have gone three up, missed a great chance. It would have been game over, I think. But Tottenham got a goal at the right time and came on this very, very strong second half and had Bournemouth under severe pressure in the end and, and got the win in the last minute. And last night was one of those games. I think Marseille came out having to win the game and they went for it. They got in front and at half time they're probably sitting in the dressing room thinking, oh, we're winning now, what do we do now? Mm. And they sort of took a backward step. Tottenham had to get a result. They can't get beat, so they've gone for it. 
complete opposite to what they started. And the game was a big, a massive turnaround. And in the end, it was a great result because not only had they qualified, they won the group. And when you look at the two, the two halves of the draw, I mean, most apart from Liverpool, most of the top teams are all in the top half of the draw, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, so that they, they could well draw, get a very good draw and have a good run in the competition. I mean, most most games, like the Bournemouth game you saw, like last night, like practically every game Tottenham have played this season have been very similar. Tottenham not at it in the first half and come on strong in the second. A few people suggested they might be trying to conserve a bit of energy. I mean, as I said, as an ex-manager, no, what do you make of that? No, they come out and you know, I just think they, they didn't get any control of the football first half and Marseille did last night and Bournemouth got right after them Saturday. But uh, now they show a lot of character to come back, but... You know, I think if you was a manager, you'd rather they started like that. You know, I thought it's a very nervous situation when you're yeah. playing so bad. You, half-time, you've got to come in uh, and try to change a few things. But luckily, they've got a good squad. And they can make one or two, they made some good changes on Saturday, and that turned the game around really in their favour. So I think they'll be... I see them finishing top four again this year, Tottenham. I think they're strong enough to do that for sure. Now, uh, Kalasanachi's missed header just before, uh, oh, you know... That was that was uh, huge, and uh, tweeting straight after that was Darren Bent because <laughs> um, uh, he said, well, "Look, we've all been there." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. What did he say? His business would have scored that. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's <laughs> what I was going to say that to you because you know that's how Sandra really got notoriety with football fans mm. when when you did mention yeah. that day that Darren should have put that one away against Pompey. I know, I know. Well, I guess I didn't mean it. You know, when it, it's it's so difficult, and you finish the game, you hide the raving up, you know, and then you come on, and they say, you know, and I, yeah, and I'm, I, I was saying what probably two million blokes sitting at home watching TV that night, cool, blimey, yeah. darling, you'd have scored that, <laughs> and, I, and that's what I said. So, but no, you know, just I like Darren Bent. He's, he's a good player, and, you know, and. Uh, you know, it, 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 you say these things, there's no malice in it, and you move on. And uh, yeah. But no, I do think my missus would have scored that one last night. <laughs> <week. laughs> yeah, but that's two headers she's I got there. She's very good in the air. She is, yeah, that. that's I right. Bet, I, bet, I bet them Arsenal fans weren't too happy with him last night. No, no, that's my true. I've been the next Arsenal player, I wanted to put Tottenham out of the competition. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Harry, good to talk to you. We wish you well with the book. As we Thank said, you, the, the money raised for it is going to go to charities close to your heart, yeah. isn't it? All of it, yeah. Yeah, what we've done. I mean, I, I've been on a few quiz shows, lads, and never won a... useless on everything. <laughs> oh, who wants me to be a millionaire? Didn't get a penny. Uh, everything. I've just never come off with... So I said, I've got to do something with charities. I can't run the marathon. So uh, we end up doing, doing the book. And uh, so, yeah, we, we divide it up between... I think there's 18, 19 charities we've... Involved in okay. everything, donkey sanctuaries, do everything. Yeah, nice brilliant. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We're doing it all again tomorrow. Uh, myself and Charlie Baker will be here. Andy, you'll be joining us for the birthday spread. Yes, Charlie, looking uh, to build on last week's my wedding victory. anniversary tomorrow. Oh, so, tremendous! Uh, Fantastic. I, I won't be. I'm going out for lunch, but I won't have a drink. You're not going to have a liquid. You only come on swearing, throwing <laughs> your weight around. Of course not. Very sweary birthdays. Excellent. Um, we'll do that again tomorrow. If you can join us from one, that would be great. If not, podcast available around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. 
That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 